on some scissors. Dip, dipping on some dip, dipping on some scissors. Dip, dipping on some dip, dipping on some scissors. Dip, dipping on some dip, dipping on some scissors. Dip, dipping on some dip, dipping on some scissors. Dip, dipping on some dip, dipping on some scissors. Dip, dipping on some dip, dipping on some scissors. Dip, dipping on some dip. Working the wheel, a pimp, not a simp. Keep the dope beans higher than the good year blimp. We eat so many shrimp. I got iodine hardening. Fuck niggas, make me sick with all that tension and bargaining. You say that you a boss, I ain't believing. Hey, we back at you. Real nonsense. Stacks and flim. RNS for all your sports needs. Hope everybody had a good holiday. I enjoyed the holiday season. That's kind of a lot. It was alright. I think I enjoy it more when it's here. I think back of all the hoops jumped through to get to the actual moments. Will stay with us for the rest of our lives. Be honest. Unless it's an epic ordeal. You honestly don't remember all the hoops you jumped through when you think back on the holidays. Most times you think back, you remember the times getting together with your family, friends, loved ones. You really remember standing in the two-hour line, to be honest. And at the end of the day, that's what counts. That you're with your family and those you love. And uh, it's me, Flem, and I'm glad you're here with Real Nonsense. To show you love. Got some stuff on, uh, on tap. NFL season starting to wrap up. Ton of playoff implications. Every game counts now For most teams NBA is in uh, uh, Full Full swing And um, It's got a lot for you on today's uh, Today's docket Let's start here With the firing of uh, Daniel Hackett so today, December 26th, and the former head coach of the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett's been let go today. This is following a 51 to 14 drumming the Broncos received at the hands of the LA Rams. That's not where or why Nathaniel was fired. But that is the that was the final log put on the fire. That was all the fan base and the uh, front office was going to take from Nathaniel Hackett. He appeared to be just way in over his head from the start. Some could argue he lost the fan base as early as week two. You rarely ever see a turnaround like Hackett had 
in the NFL where a guy does not even get to complete his first season as head coach. Only five other guys in history have even uh, had this happen to them. Uh, Most recently, we all know, Urban Meyer. But Urban was a problem not necessarily as much on the field as he was equally, if not a greater problem, off the field. Before him, it was Bobby Pacino in 07 with the Falcons. But Bobby put his own papers in, and he wasn't fired. So the water that Nathaniel Hackett is in is is uncharted territory for the most part. You don't see coaches with this short of a leash. Teams invest a lot of capital. Not as much monetary capital, but uh, organizational stability and structure. That form of capital into coaching. You bring a guy in to go ahead and, and insert his philosophy and your team, a large part, reflects the attitude and beliefs of your coach. And after uh, 14 games, and I'm sorry, the 15th game, Broncos seen enough. And they go ahead and part ways with Nathaniel Hackett today. It's a, it's hard to really figure out where it all went wrong. Definitely. Probably went, this is sad to say. Probably went wrong in week one. It was week one, Broncos versus Seattle. Hackett makes the decision to lean on McManus for the second longest kick in NFL history to go and win a game. McManus proceeds to miss the kick. The rest is history. Heavily scrutinized, heavily criticized for his decision to not put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands on a fourth and short. But instead to put the ball in his uh put the ball on put the game on the kicker's foot. I don't think he ever recovered from that. It was open season on him from that point on. The second week he only fate has it, he finds himself into a sip uh, in a similar situation where the week prior in the press conference, when asked why he chose to go with McManus for the extremely long kick. He says if he had the opportunity, he would do it again because he has nothing but the utmost confidence in McManus. The very next week, the sports gods put him to the test of those statements. Which he went ahead and backtracked on through his actions. He had the opportunity to give the game to McManus over the Texans. Put the game in McManus's hands to go ahead and win. Or again on his foot. He chose to go in the opposite direction. It was a shorter kick in week two. 
more makeable. And I, I'll be honest. It, it is hard to trust someone moving forward that's so wishy-washy. Now, the first choice to go for the field goal, I mean, that's his coaching philosophy. To watch a coach crumble under public criticism and not trust in his own words, beliefs, philosophy, you just knew everything therefore after was gonna that was coming out of his mouth was just was just just not true. He was just saying things to appease the fans if he could. And it showed he was just a fraud in that regard. He didn't really have a philosophy. He didn't it, it shows he didn't really go back and forth with what he was gonna do in those close game situations. Because when presented with the opportunity again in the Texans game, it just looks like he heard the chirping. He got scared. And they end up winning that game. One of the few games they win this season. But they do end up beating the Texans. And to be honest, The rest, I don't think anybody ever liked them again. The team just became so bad to watch. He doesn't make many more personal, egregious errors. The rest is just coming from the team being so bad to watch. The next two weeks, they proceed to put up duds. On a Thursday night game, this is where the fans infamously leave the stadium while the team's heading to overtime. It was a 9-9 all-field goal game against the Colts. And people were piling out of there. And let me get this. Let me, let me tell you this. The Broncos, that's a respected fan base. That's a passionate fan base. That's, that's a fan base that has pride in their team, that supports their team. They sit out there in frigid weather. Game in and game out. To support Denver. They know football. Multi-championship winning organization. They know what good football looks like. And, and they deem that to not be worthy of their time. That's week five. Then they move on. November comes the next week. They don't win a game in the month of November. They don't win one game in the month of November. They're getting blown out by teams. And it, they just further keep sinking. I mean, totally keep sinking. They were able to beat the Cardinals. I guess that's something to be proud of. But Hackett couldn't make it to Christmas. Once Christmas came, it was a wrap. It was overall his ineptitude to show any signs that he could get that team prepared. And all in all, it was his team quitting on him 
in a game where both teams had nothing to lose, where Sean McVay was still able to get high energy out of his uh, football team. And it was obvious that those guys wanted to go home, be with their families. That defense, Stax made a good point. That defense just got tired of doing all the work. And credit to them. Be honest. Credit to them. It took them 13 weeks to just have enough of carrying that organization, of carrying that team this season. They didn't have anything for them. Looking at it, it's the right call. Y'all, it's almost put the guy out of his misery. Be dead honest with you. You do him a favor getting him out of there because, I mean, Denver, Denver is just a mess and and not from a roster standpoint, which is the head scratcher. It's not the roster, but you had to start with the coach. We come back. We'll stay on Denver. I don't talk about the quarterback. Keep pushing my nigga. Polo horses on my bed. Fuck kill figure. I'm PMC bitch. In the ghetto, I'm a star. I made this for the niggas trying to chop in their cars. Could I? Would I? Should I break them? Hold up. Smoking on the drove. Young J.R. Ewing. Pimping for my paper and I'm looking for the chewing. Bitch, I got to do what the fuck I gotta do. Sipping pop pills, smoke good and bang screw. Fucking pussy niggas acting all brand new. When they get some money, that's what fuck boys do. I ride in the side, get high in the side. Grip on the grain and get plenty good mind. From them deep sucking holes with a mind full of gold. She playing with her nose, but she sucking me pole. I can't even lie like the ghetto ass bitch. This dying for a daddy ain't scared to break a trick. A yellow ass with fast. Real nonsense. Stocks and flim. Down on your knees like a top notch hoe. Back at you. Talking Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett fire. Who's to really blame here? I'm not blaming Hackett for that last segment. It's not me blaming him for the Broncos' woes. That was more just a uh, recitement of facts. This team looks totally disengaged. I'm watching Brandon Staley after the win over uh, the Colts tonight on Monday Night Football. Chargers win by the score 20-3 to over the Colts. He's about to give out a game ball. He's lost his locker room. I was disengaged. No one's excited. No one's fired up. He's on thin ice, too. Once we Debbie this pie up, we're going to look around the league and see who exactly is also on the hot seat. No surprises here. He's going to be in that segment. Back to the Broncos for a little bit. The only other per- person receiving blame for this whole thing going off, Q, is uh, his quarterback. Let me say this too. That's very fair. It's fair if a team performs as poorly as this team did. 
as poorly as this team has performed, to start at the top with leadership. And, and the leadership's been god off From the start To this part Late in the season With nothing to play for You can't get professionals To play for you That's Hackett's problem Let's look at the quarterback play though Russell Wilson gets a lot of blame here and Let me just go ahead and be clear as day This is more of a pie than one person to blame. Nathaniel Hackett was ill-prepared to be an NFL head coach in the situation he was put in. You don't hire a rookie head coach talking all that shit preseason, pre, uh, before the year starts, about playoff aspirations, Super Bowl aspirations, serenading in this Super Bowl winning quarterback, supposed to bring you out of the dread days that you were in. Didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that. Russell Wilson didn't do any of that. Didn't bring or deliver you from anything. And you don't put a rookie head coach. With a quarterback that has that much moxie, that much arrogance, that marches to the beat of his own drum. And that's what we found out about Russell Wilson. He's not a team guy. He's a team guy when the cameras are on. Russell's a team guy when everyone's looking, paying attention. He's not a team guy. It's not only on the coach to keep that team together. It's for the guy with that C on the left side of his jersey. You come in our organization. You want to do things your own way. And then when things are going sour, you're unable to rally us and keep the troops behind you. Some of that on the coach, yeah, but some of that's on the quarterback as well. And for the quarterback being the reason to start in that riff. So you might be saying, well, Wendell, Russell Wilson's, he's he's not a controversial guy. He seems like a great, great teammate to have. Russell Wilson's play this season made the team divide. He played so poorly this season. If you were a defensive player, put yourself in this position. If you're a defensive player on this team, week one goes by, you get your ass kicked. Week two goes by, you're you're lucky enough to win. Week three goes by, you get your ass kicked. Week four goes by, you get a win. Week five goes by, you get a win. Week six goes by, ass kicking, ass kicking, ass kicking, ass kicking. The rest of the way, through all of November, you do nothing but lose. How long are you going to stay a team guy? How long are you still going to follow 
a general that leads you into losing battle after losing battle after losing battle. His play lost the team. Hackett's leadership should have been able to connect them. Wilson's play got the ball rolling. These numbers. First three weeks of the season. One touchdown, one. These are passes thrown, uh, passing touchdowns for Russell Wilson. One touchdown thrown, one touchdown thrown, no touchdowns thrown. He has the outlier. He has a two-touchdown game. Mind you, out of all the games this season, out of 14 games this season, that one in week four, and then one la- uh, the week before last against Kansas City was only two games where he threw multiple touchdowns. That's unacceptable. And if it is acceptable then that's how you lose a team. You can accept that if you want to quit and you want a team to quit on you. After week four against the Raiders, zero touchdowns. One touchdown, one touchdown, one touchdown. In the month of November, he threw two touchdowns in a month. Guy's awful. He's awful. He's had four games where he has not eclipsed 190 passing yards. This your pro bowler? This the guy you've been crying never got MVP uh, representation? Is that who this is? MVPs don't fall off cliffs like this. They just don't. Do they have bad seasons? Sure. Do they regress at times? Sure. They don't do this. I don't know what this is. Now, is Hackett to blame? Yes. But they got to eat that pie together. And the problem is, you hook this guy, the quarterback, to a historic deal, which means you can't separate from this mediocrity. You can fire the coach. Hell, fire another one. Fire the whole damn staff. Listen, John Elway, listen. Your problem is not, is not the leadership. Your problem was mostly performance-based. Did the leadership suck? Yes. He's not out there turning the ball over. Nathaniel's not out there missing throws. Now, he's no fall guy. 
Hackett's no fall guy by any means. He deserved to be relieved of his duties. But if this was a real organization and you didn't invest so much capital into the quarterback position so quickly, the honest thing to be doing this offseason is looking in the draft. I'll be dead honest with you. If you took the name, if you erased the name from the stat sheet and only put those numbers up and we had to assess our team, if, if the team didn't have a name to the quarterback and all we could do was look at the stats and performance of last year, there's no coach on earth with the sense that God gave him that would say we don't need to address the quarterback position. We need to upgrade at the quarterback position. Funny part is they won't. They won't upgrade at the quarterback position because they can't. Because publicly they can't. Financially, could they draft a fifth, fourth, third rounder? Yes. They sure could. You can make the books work. More often than not. But that's not going to happen. They're going to ride this out with one of the worst quarterback seasons. He should have been benched. He didn't throw a touchdown. He threw two touchdowns in a month. He should have been benched a long time ago. He shouldn't have never played on Christmas. He's been injured. He used to be an Iron Man. That used to be one of his claim to fame. He's been unreliable. Period. Performance and health-wise, he's been unreliable. Leadership-wise, his intangibles are even eroding. I've never seen it. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. You gotta eat some of that pie too, Mr. Wilson. That's not all on your coach. And how you stand in front of that team is amazing to me. Now, they didn't like Nathaniel. But everybody in the room knows you, Russell, are largely responsible for that football lifer losing his job. In an embarrassing fashion. But no accountability do you have to own. There's jokes here, some tweets there. You know what's gonna happen? They're gonna trot you out next season. That's the that's the hair pulling part. That the only solution with Russell Wilson is give it another shot. That's the plan. I can see it a mile away. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to prep me for it. It's going to be no shocker. That because of what he did on another team in another organization, 
many moons ago in an ideal situation. Be honest, he was Brock Purdy. On those Super Bowl winning teams? No. No, I'm I'm doing him a little too much injustice. He was special. He had some special to him. But what he was asked to be is what Purdy's asked to be week in and week out. Week out. Not a world beater. See, 200 could fly on the Legion of Doom. 200 yards, great day. With the Hawks in their prime. Man, he's going to get another shot. And um, without being challenged. Because they went ahead and paid him like. Like he like like he should never be challenged and listen. Uh but that was the other thing. That was a stipulation is. That for him to be traded, he wanted a deal. This is one time I'll cite the commanders in a non negative light. I'll say this. We're desperate. I mean, we date we date the worst of worst women. I mean, we get in bed with women that sour your stomach. But I don't know if we're that desperate. I really don't. I don't know if we're that desperate to mortgage our future for absolutely nothing. We'll date some bimbos and some obvious uh, non-savory characters. But I, I don't know if we would even give up everything for absolutely nothing in return anymore. I I really don't. And that's what Denver did. They gave up a lot to get a player that should have been benched. And when he wasn't benched, proceeded to continue to play poorly. We come back. <sighs> I was going to talk some NBA, but let's look at these coaches on the hot seat. Real nonsense. Stacks and Flynn. We'll be back. Bring the liquor. Rap and pills. Let's pop up, my nigga. I'll bring the weed. You bring the liquor. Rap and pills. Let's pop up, my nigga. Chicken, 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 Man, the nerve of that guy. Anyway, all the coaches on the hot seat. I went through uh, all the NFL teams, and I can only come up with four. And maybe you got some more out there. I don't know. But I only got four. 
the obvious Cliff Kingsbury, Arizona Cardinals. That seat is flaming hot. He was handpicked for the quarterback they proceeded to draft after already having Josh Rosen. Let's say this, though. That was the best move they made. It wasn't a bad move getting Cliff Kingsbury. They made a great decision to go Murray over Rosen. It's just been this interesting dynamic with Murray since he's gotten comfortable in the league. He's aloof. I like a travel. I'm sorry. I'm watching DuPaul versus uh, Creighton. They're Creighton's blowing him out. 80 to 65. I just saw blatant travel. They're playing it back. That's a travel, man. I mean, jumped, slanted, and shot the ball. Who cares? They get blown out anyway. But anyway. Yeah, Kingsbury. This is Two things can be true about this. The move was not awful. But the move also didn't work. Cardinals, as you know, have already went out and signed Kyler Murray long term. Again, to the Hackett point, coaches, if nothing this year and the end of this year especially proves you, these coaches are expendable. Last year, not so much. Last year, we gave way to the rookies, the new blood, giving them some new blooded coaches. A lot more coaching carousel to me. A lot hotter seats to me last season. It's a lot of new coaches in place. But definitely Kingsbury. Do I see Cliff? If you Let's do that. Uh, gun to my head is Kingsbury the coach of the Arizona Cardinals at the end of this season? My answer is no. My answer is no. I, I think they go ahead and part ways with Kingsbury. I think Kyler has just shown... His lack of respect for Kingsbury. That that marriage is soured. And I I just see them moving in a different direction. Uh, Next guy I got on my list, Matt LaFleur. Green Bay. I'll say that team's underperformed. I can see them giving more. I can see the scenario of LaFleur coming back next season. But his seat will be hotter than ever. And he'll really honestly... Be looking at a uh, Nathaniel Hackett situation, possibly getting replaced during the year. That keeps short and sweet with that. Look, long story short, Green Bay's underperformed. Okay, well, how you want to slice it? Okay, how you want to put it? In a weaker division, in a division that's winnable, they let little brother Minnesota. Just run all over them, kick their ass, and they've been fighting for their life all season. In an NFC that's winnable, at least playoff berth-wise, they have not taken care of enough of their business, and that's why they are where they are. So, Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions, stay in that division. Uh, Listen, this is why I put Dan Campbell on this list. Yes, I know the Lions are hot right now. Let me say this. This is the problem with Dan Campbell, and this is why the Lions' problem is more so coaching to me than talent. 
Not much has changed on the Lions since the start of the season. They just started slow once again. That's on the coach. The coach had all offseason to prepare and get this team ready to play at their highest level. You don't get props to me for pulling out a, a, a team that was great late. A lot of people want to give Dan Campbell a ton of credit for that. For saying, oh, well, he turned the Lions around. First of all, if the team's been this good and as good as they are and as hot as they are, why the hell did they need turning around? That's the first flaw. When I see is a coach unable to maximize the potential of his team. That's what I see. I see a good team once we get rolling and once we get our identity and things like that. I see us being ill-prepared before the season started. We should have known our identity. We should have known who we are. We know who we are now. But that's on the coaching staff. That's on your coach. Just because the team's playing well now shows this team could have been playing even better early on. Good teams peak late, ideally. But what we saw in the beginning of the season wasn't a good team. That's the point I'm making. We didn't look at Detroit and say, well, that's a good team. They're just having a tough go at it. We saw the same old Lions. We were ready to already boot Campbell. It took a historic run that the Lions are on for us to even stop thinking about them on the hot seat, but not me. You underperform like that? You need a performance like they're trying to get just to get into the playoffs? This is a playoff football team. And we learned that the past six weeks. The problem is the first half of the season, no one treated it like a playoff team and it wasn't being coached like one. So I'm not giving him a pass because he's saving his own ass. I'm not giving you a pass for breaking the vase and super gluing it back together. I'm not. I am not giving out those awards. Dan Campbell's ass is on the hot seat. I already talked about this bozo. Brandon Staley. Enough said. Even charges. He's one of those situations where if there's a better coach out there, you make the move. Just close your eyes to the wreck. Just do what your heart tells you. Does Brandon Staley seem like he's the guy going to push this organization over the top? Ask yourself that. If you go to sleep saying yes, keep him. So hell, fuck, sign him for 10 more years. If you go to bed saying that, sign him. Extend him. But I, I, I've seen underwhelming performances. I've seen a quarterback that is in desperate need of an offense built around him. And I've seen middling offensive weapons. That team needs up building. It does. It needs a bell cow back. Eckler's not a bell cow. Eckler's a great running back two option. Eckler's in the same tier as Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They need a true back, first of all. Just on the offensive side. Now, I'm not as down on Mike Williams as some. Is he a serviceable one? Low end one? Yes. 
He's a very low-end one. I think Terry McLaurin's better than Mike Williams, personally. Not skill set, production, yes. Give me Terry McLaurin any day over Mike Williams' production. But you can win with Mike Williams. Mike Williams can be an A.J. Brown on a team. A.J. Brown showed you what, what happens when he's the only option in Tennessee. He's still good. When you put a team around him, bell cow backs, other receivers to take a little heat off him, and they become amazing. So I think, whoo, sorry. Watching Blazers, uh, Blazers Hornets, Blazers up one hundred one ninety five going into the fourth. It was a great game right here, very high scoring. Chauncey Billups has the Blazers playing too. I question that coaching move, um, not anymore. Chauncey's got that team buying in. They're tough out in the West. Night in and night out. Blazers are tough out in the West, but yeah, those are the coaches on the hot seat, man. Brandon Staley, Dan Campbell, Matt LaFleur, Cliff Kingsbury. I I didn't see a lot of other coaches, honestly. That I wouldn't or couldn't talk myself into giving the opportunity to extend. So many coaches got the boot either uh, earlier this year or last season. So I, I, I personally look up and down the NFL. You can throw Belichick in there, but no one's replacing Belichick. Belichick retires when he retires. Same as Mike Tomlin. Solid can coach his ass off and for the Jets. Yeah, I mean... Raiders coaching situation in his first year. McDaniels, give him a chance. He's already snuck out seven. He may get to, he may get to eight wins. He's not gonna have a winning record his first season, but he may get to eight wins. When no one saw that coming. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't let Tomlin go. Rookie quarterback. Indy already lost their guy. Houston's already lost their guy. You know, I like Vrabel. I don't think Vrabel's the problem. Tennessee, you know, New York, I think they've overperformed. I think they will let that staff go with the New York Giants just because we've seen this staff so much. But, uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I don't, I wouldn't cut him. Pete Carroll proved he can coach his ass off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally don't see it. I don't see a lot of jobs just up for grabs, to be honest, in the NFL. Now, there are open vacancies. Teams like Carolina who don't have a coach. We're just talking about offing another coach. Yeah, I'd say all the coaches that were going to get fired have been fired uh, up until this point. So, With that, we come back. Um, we'll try a new segment, yeah. I'm going to give you the top 10 Flims power rankings. Top 10 tens in the top 10 tens. Top 10 teams in the NFL. RNS, real nonsense. Stacks and Flim. We'll be back. Hey, yeah. 
Smelling like a pound. Walking in the bank. I've been smoking weed before the fifth grade. This a man's world. Bitch, stay in your place. Shitting on your favorite rapper did it by mistake. Real nonsense, stacks flow. All right, we'll try it, yo. Try to debut this segment of uh, of uh, power rankings. So I've gone through the NFL, and these are the top ten teams. According to Flem, who I think the top ten teams are. Total pilot of this. But I've tried to even include some sound effects with no time wasted. Here we go. All right, number 10. We're on the Detroit Lions. Uh, They won six out of the last eight games. Four of those games, uh, four out of the last eight games, they scored 30 points or more. You can't mess with the Detroit Lions on offense. They're ready for anybody. If they do sneak into the dance, no way anybody wants to play them on the road. Doesn't matter at home. It won't be that, but it'll be on the road. You don't want this team coming into your house. One thing they can do, they can score with the best of them. One of the best offenses last nine weeks in the season. Overall, they sport the uh, they sport the uh, the title of. Uh, just the 13th and third down conversions, which means you can't get them off the field. And Jerry Goff has stopped throwing interceptions. Only one inter I'm sorry, two interceptions in his last five games. Jared Goff has got it together, too. When Goff plays well, this team goes well and does well. You got the Detroit Lions at number nine. Uh, let's see. This thing's all off the rails. Yeah, that's why you need a producer. Here we go. Number nine. Number nine, the Miami Dolphins. All right, put it this way. I think if they play head-to-head, they would beat the Chargers. That's why I put the Dolphins in here over the Chargers. I don't trust the Chargers end of the day. Miami Dolphins, too many weapons. Tua scares me late in the season. That's what's happening now. They are on a four-game slide. I get that. I totally understand that. But if we're talking power rankings, if we're talking potential, if we're talking best teams in the NFL, hard for me to keep the Miami Dolphins out of my top ten. They lead the league. And uh, they lead the league in uh, just basically having weapons. That's the first thing they lead the league in. And then secondly, they're fourth, uh, they're third in passing yards, and they're fourth overall in yards, uh, period, the end. So my point being, they can run the football, they can throw the football, They've got all pro players at wide receiver, great running backs, and a quarterback that knows how to get them the ball. He's proven that all season. Give me the Miami Dolphins at number nine. Uh, Number nine, best team in the league. Number eight. Number eight, give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're five or seven in their last, uh, they won five out of their last seven games. Back, uh, they've won back to back thirty five plus point games. I mean, they're they're rolling. Best quarterback in the league right now, playing since week nine. Trevor Lawrence, he's only thrown one pick during that stretch. Has uh, I think nine to twelve. 
nine touchdowns, something off the top of my head, roughly. That stat's a little blurred. But my point being, they've got the hottest quarterback in the league, and they've just been playing good football. Good, solid football. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, and, and they're just going on the road proving that, hey, early on they were starting slow. They also had a rookie coach. Give them some time. That rookie coach, though, has also been a Super Bowl winning coach. Uh, yeah, go ahead and put the Jacksonville Jaguars in there. Another team like the Lions in the AFC, if they come to your house during the playoffs, you don't want to play them. You don't want any parts of them. They can run the ball decently, and they can throw the ball now. Trevor Lawrence has found his groove. You don't want to play Lawrence playing this hot, especially this late. Number seven. Number seven, the Minnesota Vikings. They've won 11 close games this season. By close, I mean by five points or less. They've won 11 games by that margin. You're not a bad team if you do that. Is it a little fluky? Hell yeah. Is it normal? Hell no. But what it is is showing that you're a good team, you're well coached, you're well put together, and you don't crack under adversity. They've also shown you they will come back on you. They've got the biggest, no surprise here, No, they've got the biggest uh, comeback in, in NFL history this season under their belt. Granted, it was to a worse team, I mean, a terrible team, but that's none of my concern. The point is they've shown they can win every kind of way. They can beat you up and blow you out. They can beat you up and come back. They can fight and stick in it. They can play whatever kind of way you're trying to play. The scary part is Dallas exposed them. If you're physical, a lot more physical than them, that's what keeps them so low on my chart for them having won so many games. They can be exposed However, Kirk Cousins playing out of his mind, QBR of 86, and they had a run game too with Dalvin Cook. He's over 1,000 yards. This is a team that just top to bottom, especially offensively, you just can't really mess with. Defensively, they do know how to buckle down. Overall, though, they're giving up way too many numbers for me to like over putting them, at, uh, putting them over anything at seven. Number six. Five. All right, so that got a little ahead of me. But number six is uh, going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Number six coming in, Dallas Cowboys, 11-4. and four. They won five out of their last six. They've scored t- over 28 points in seven of their last nine games. Cowboys can flat out score. They can beat you multiple ways. They need to run the ball or throw it. Doesn't matter. Like the Vikings, they proved if they need to come back, they can do that. Like the Vikings, they've proved if they need to play close, they can do that. But unlike the Vikings, they've proved if they need to beat you down, they can do that too. They can win in a multitude of ways. Coaching is why I have them so low. I don't trust them at the end of the day, coaching staff-wise. I do think they have holes there. Dak, I do think, is limited. But if they play their style of football, if they get uh, Pollard and Elliott with the ball running and get into their groove, they've proven it's tough and probably damn near impossible to stop them. The games they lose is when they get down, and the games they lose is when Dak puts them behind the eight ball with turnovers. If they play their game, they also are second in the league with 49 sacks, which means their quarterback is generally on his feet and upright doing what he's got to do because they're running the ball more, and your quarterback is on his ass because you guys are generally playing catch-up because the stat that I led earlier where they uh, last – Seven out of nine games, they scored 28 points or more. You're playing catch-up, and they're playing catch-your-quarterback, which is a good winning formula. Give me the Cowboys at six, number five. five. 
Number five, give me the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers at number five. I'd have had them higher if they still had Jimmy G. I can't take them higher than this only because they're playing. Uh, they're just playing a rookie. I can't take them higher than this, but this team is built best in the league. They're the most physical team in the league, hands down. That's the way they want to play. Week in, week out, they want to come out, punch you in the mouth. They don't want any parts of what you're trying to do. They're going to dictate how you play. They showed last week with Washington, another physical team, that they're just going to wear you down, and they're the bigger bully. They're not messing around with you. They're first in the league when it comes to defense overall. That's not anything you want to see in the playoffs. Uh, for, they're also 140 yards per game on the ground. They're going to dictate it that way, and they're no slouch when it comes to the passing game as well, and they've proven that even with uh, the rookie starter. Give me the 49ers at number five. I'd have them higher if they had a quarterback that was not a rookie. Number four. Number four, give me the Cincinnati Bengals at 11-4. They've won seven straight games. Let me tell you straight up like this. The Cincinnati Bengals are the hottest team in football right now. Seven straight wins. They are smoking teams. This is not the team you saw early on. Burrow was hurt early weeks. This team is totally different. They still want to boat race you, but they're winning games doing it their way. They are boat racing teams. They're getting teams out of there. They're not letting them hang around. They've won 10 of their last 11. Check that. 10 of their last 11 games total. 10 of the last 11 games total. This is the hottest team in football, no question. Burrow has 34 touchdowns and still has two games left to play. Give me the Bengals. You don't want to see the Bengals. Nobody wants a part of the Bengals. They've already clinched their division. Bengals are going to be some trouble in this playoffs. Watch out. I thought they were going to regress this year. I'm on record for saying that early. That's not happening. That's the hottest team in football, but I don't think they're necessarily the best. Number three. Three. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. I got the Phillies probably a little lower than some of you would have them. Not because of the Hurts injury, just because it's Philly, just because I still need to see it. I don't necessarily believe it. I think the playoff experience is lacking, but this is a solid team built just like the Niners. They just want to get physical with you. But they, unlike the Niners, can play a little more air, uh, uh, air-centric football. They can put the ball in the air, and they can pass with you. Gardner Minshew even showed you that. He was out there slinging passes. They didn't miss a beat with Minshew, to be honest. They had that Cowboys game in their grasp. A little more shout-out to Dak Prescott. I think the Cowboys went out and won that game more than Philly lost, and neither team lost it. If they meet again in the playoffs, it will be epic. Give me Philly just because I I, I like and I go for playoff experience over these guys that just haven't necessarily proved it yet. But Philly, going to be a tough out. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. I think still a little too Josh Allen dependent. Otherwise, this would be my number one football team. Love their defense. Love their offense. Love what they're able to do. Love their weapons. Hard for me not to find a lot I don't like about the Bills. They're uh, they're 12-3. They've won six straight games. I, you know, what do you want from the Bills? All they do is destroy teams and take care of their business. Are they, They're too Josh Allen dependent for me. 
That's the knock on them. But outside of that, I'll get in the bed with Bills any day of the week. Sign me up. Any bet. They get after your quarterback. You can't do anything with their quarterback. He's a one-man wrecking machine. Uh, but I just fear if you shut Josh Allen down, outside of that Bears game we just saw last weekend, that was the first time I saw anybody else step up as far as the running game, the backs with Singletary and Moss, and take over, and, and, and they put the game in someone else's hands. It took them to get to week 17, uh, week 16, for the team to finally be able to say, all right, well, Josh Allen doesn't have to win this one for us. So that's a little scary to me. I don't think they can do that during playoff time, but still hard to go against the Bills. Bills are the second best team in the NFL and number one. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. No surprise here. Kansas City Chiefs, they're best in third down percentage. Total yards, they're the best. Uh, fourth and sacks. That means they still get after your quarterback. They play great offense, and they don't let your offense play good at all. Uh, you know, what do you want from the Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes, 92% uh, 92% uh, QBR for the season. I mean, what do you want? And they've added a running game. Plashenko, the uh, the rookie back that they got, has added a new element that Clyde Edward-Hilaire just couldn't bring. Plashenko is adding another element to this team where they don't have to be totally Patrick Mahomes reliant. This team, to me, clicking on all cylinders. Are they blowing teams out? Are they destroying teams? No. Are they still winning? Yes, they are. They're not finding ways to fall into those traps. Give me the Chiefs as the best team in the NFL. That's Flim's top 10. We come back. Close this puppy out. Real nonsense. Stacks of Flim. Alright. As an interlude. A little blazing five. Here we go. This week, Dolphins at Patriots. Dolphins at Patriots. I don't trust the Patriots. Dolphins need this better than you can imagine. I'm not even gonna waste a lot of time on this game. Dolphins will win this game. Too much firepower. I have no idea what's going on in New England. New England somehow found their way to get around and hovering around 500. The magic stops here. New England will lose their last two games. Dolphins over Patriots. I got no questions on that. Commanders, Browns. Give me the Commanders for the same exact reason. We just needed more. If not, look at Ron Rivera to be on that hot seat we were talking about earlier. Ron cannot lose this game and his team as it's looked under uh, under uh, prepared several weeks during this season cannot afford to look that way in this game here. Commanders will be ready to play for the Browns who are playing for nothing. Commanders take that game. Physical game, though, close. Play that one close, whatever the cover is. Falcons, Cardinals. Cardinals travel to Atlanta. Atlanta is going to take care of them. They're laying three and a half. Doesn't matter. Trace McSorley had his magic going on on uh, Christmas night. The magic's over. You play Tom Brady to the wire. That's about all you get. You're going to run into the Falcons. They're physical. They're not a dumpster fire like Tampa. Those two teams are heading in the same direction. But one's heading there faster, and that's the Bucks, not Tampa. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the Bucks, not the Falcons. Give me the Falcons easily over the Cardinals, covering whatever number they end up putting out on Sunday. Texans, Jaguars, trap game. Texans are not a pushover. They're still playing. That's why another reason Hackett's got fired. Hackett couldn't even get a team that had nothing to play for ready to play. 
That's not the, what the Texans are. Texans take pride, and each time they come out, they are going to play tough. If the spread's a big number, I don't want any part of Jacksonville. However, I do love Jacksonville outright. My total pick for the game, Jacksonville outright. But if you give me the Texans with a good enough spread, I'm all over it. Division game, it'll trap you. Last game, Giants, Colts. Giants need it too. In my heart, I wish the Giants would fall. Give me the Colts. Colts just got embarrassed tonight against the Chargers. I don't think that's going to push forward. I think the Colts are still playing with pride. Again, why Hackett got hacked. Give me the Colts. Not laying down. Give me the points. You're laying points on a team that hasn't quite given up yet. Nick Foles returns to New York. Gets a W. That's my blazing five. We'll come back. Give you real nonsense. Get out of here. Illuminati. All through your body. The blows like a 12 gauge shot. Uh, feel me. And God said he's just sitting his one. All right, real nonsense. We ain't got a lot of time. I went over on a couple segments. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's real nonsense. I had some NBA on here. Uh, just quickly on the NBA. We're going to rush through the rest of these. Uh, I think mean, Curry's out two more weeks. He's got. A, he's having trouble with his uh, non-shooting through shoulder. He's expected to miss two more weeks. Uh, I mean, the Warriors are just, just superstarless right now. They're not able to compete. They've only won three road games. They put that in your mind. They've been playing for two months. They've only won three road games all season. And right now, you just fade them. Warriors, this two weeks could honestly push this team to to missing the playoffs, to be honest. Uh, With Curry out. Uh, AD is out again. Anthony Davis for the Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. Um... Next, I had a strong point. I didn't get into basketball on this show. Uh, next show I do, I got a strong, strong take, though. The Lakers would not have won that bubble championship. You know, the rest was understated to me. It was brought up that, okay, well, the Lakers were an older team and the rest helped them. It never proved more than in the next uh, coming years. Lakers proceeded to just be nothing Resembling a championship team in the next coming years, and it, in all circles around health, health of LeBron, health of AD, health of the old guys, they won that title because they got a break in the middle and came back energized. Lakers cannot win a championship, eighty-two game grind, and then a playoff grind. They're just not built that way. They don't have enough talented youth to pull them through stuff like that. So, yeah, that as the years go by and I watch that team just continuously erode, I put a bigger and bigger, bigger star asterisk right next to that championship. That championship gets hollow, more hollow, and more hollow as each year goes by. But anyway, that's another topic for another day. Yeah, that's all I got for the NBA, to be honest. Uh, real nonsense. Uh, two, two part real nonsense. Uh, first part real nonsense, and it, and, it, and it kind of branches off into what it is. Uh, it may end up being one. Commanders are back into a uh, Washington Commanders are back into a quarterback controversy. Uh, 
after the game with San Francisco, uh, Taylor Heineke proceeded to just prove he's not an NFL caliber starter. Especially over six. This is what I contend to start. It's 16 games. No way he's an NFL caliber guy. Not the 16 weeks. Hell, 17 now. He can play in the league. But he can win a few games. More than a few. He's proven it this year. But he's limited. Yeah, this is where I have to uh, sit down at the table, man. Cut myself a uh, slice of nigga you were wrong as hell pie. I deserve it, man. I backed Taylor Heineke on this very show. Put him up against Brock Purdy. Said he'd blow the doors off him. Said he was a far better quarterback. That's just not true. I didn't trust my eyes. I fell in love with his mediocrity. Not keeping in mind his limitations. His mediocrity can be impressive. Because to be honest, mediocrity can win games at the quarterback position. Just can't win titles. It just can't keep teams competing every week. Russell Wilson threw... Massive mediocrity has won four games in the NFL at the highest level through woeful play all season. That's what's frustrating about really bad quarterbacks because they can't even be average. He's average. Below average, honestly. Purdy's more average. He was a D student that started doing really well on a few tests. That didn't mean he was ready for AP biology. That didn't mean he was ready for college level courses. It means he studied. He did well on a few exams. He's not ready to be someone different and someone that he's not. It was real nonsense that I believed that Taylor Heineke was more than a backup in this league. And the second part to this, I'm not even going to get into it. It's real nonsense that the commanders once again find themselves in another quarterback controversy. This can refuses to disintegrate. Refuses. We just continuously kick this can down the road. Year in and year out. The fact that it's been. Year after year. Even when we had a franchise guy. Even when we had Kirk Cousins. We put him through quarterback controversy. Commanders are once again in a quarterback controversy. At this point, man, it's just nonsense. 
RNS, man. Stacks and Flim. Check us out. We get back at you later this week. Why I sit back thinking smoke my weed These killers around me, they look up to me I got them baddies, I won't say no names I hope it don't catch up to me You really mad that you can't fuck with me You ask me out, you ain't have to fuck with me Nigga, why you came to fuck with me? I do anything for you I just don't know what they want And I 